Hello, corn dogs. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Well, Anchor by Spotify is your solution. Anchor allows you to make a podcast in the easiest way possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools to let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. It also distributes all your podcasts for you, and you can listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever, and Anchor does all that for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, enjoy the show. Watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast. They're a semi-chaotic team, man. They're here for podcasting. Watch a new and podcast. Watch a new and podcast. They're headed to the tri-state to hang with Phineas and Ferb. So come along for all the thrill with Felipe, Navi, and Will. They're firing up the Rewatchinator. This is what we're going to do today. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of What You Doing, and it's us. It's the crowd. Agent P is not here, but we got Agent F, Agent N, and Agent W today, and we're going to be talking about uh, what's the first episode called? Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? Yes, Are and flop stars. I, I knew it was something. I, I thought it was where is my mummy because that was the line they said at the end, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, are you my mummy and flop stars? is what we'll talk about today. And I'm not alone. Uh, Well, first, I am Felipe. Um, I am the one who uh, might have the pointiest nose so I can pop any (laughs) bubbles. Uh, But I'm also joined by uh, 80s pop star in her own right, Miss Navi Ball. How are you, Navi? I'm a Navi and I wanna have fun. (laughs) I'm doing great. Um, actually, no, that's a lie. It's really cold up here right now. We're in like the middle of a cold snap. Sorry, I'm starting this off on a very uh, negative note, but it was ridiculous. It's like minus 50 degrees right now. I can't stand it. My poor hands are so dry. Okay. I- are you having the same thing where I am? Like my hands are dry and then I'll put lotion and then the lotion makes it itch. I don't know. If yes. That's- because it's like healing, but it- I don't know. And I just feel like I have dry and itchy skin and I don't like it. Yeah, and my skin is like dry as is anyway, and then the cold just makes it even drier. It's just, I, I can't wait for it to be summer. Yeah, And then I can complain about how I wish it was winter. Love that. And as always, we're joined by Will, aka Davis, Will, um, our own mustache major monogram to lead us through our, our tasks today. Chicka chicka chew wop. I am, I am excited to be here. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm afraid to tell you all how uh, what the weather is like where I where I am right now. Well, you're in uh, you're it's, in it's, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm in North Carolina, um, but it is uh, it's actually really cold in Oklahoma, from what I hear. Um, but uh, today it is that it makes is, so much more sense because you were telling me that you're six hours from Atlanta, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't know yeah, Oklahoma so I, was that close. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in Oklahoma, going to school in North Carolina. Yes. Uh, so it was it was 60 degrees in in North Carolina today, which is I looked up about 15 Celsius. 
for, for oh yeah we gotta do the conversions for navi um yeah I, otherwise i would have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah that that would come in clutch it was actually reasonable outside me. uh so let's let's jump right in here to to the first of these two episodes are you my mummy uh so so i think this this might not be the first time um but uh it's either the first or second or third time we could say that they they do something that they talk about in in the title song. Yeah. Uh, so whether whether or not you count like surfing the tidal wave in in the the backyard beach episode or just generally driving our sister insane. Um then then you know maybe maybe those things have happened first. But this is this is at least something that we can make note of that they're they're fighting a mummy in this episode. Uh, which is, is, is something they sing about in the theme song, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, so we start out, they're, they're going to the movie theater. Uh, what is this movie theater yes, called? Uh, can we talk about this first? The yeah, fact that ahead. it's a movie theater, but at times they're like trying to like spin it, that it's this historical exhibit, like that they can just go look at like mummy stuff. I'm like, what? this is not a museum. This is like a movie theater. And I know they have like posters and like promotional materials, but like, I don't know about you, but the movie theaters I've been to don't have like exhibits. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is, is why uh, I don't have this in my rankings yet on the, on the, I know what we're going to do today. Um, because from Phineas and Ferb's perspective, it's like they're, you know, going on some sort of archeological expedition. Uh, that's a very cool thing. Uh, what's not a very cool thing is just like, I don't know, trespassing around a movie theater. <laughs> so like, which of these two things is it? Um, so I, th I think it ends up being just like a bunch of like the, like, especially like bigger movie theaters for bigger movies. You'll see like the the huge cardboard standees that like if, if they're, um, I remember whenever I was watching, I think it was the George Clooney Tomorrowland movie. They had they had a big um, like cardboard thing and and inside of it was a like little rocket ship made out of cardboard that you could like sit in the rocket ship and take pictures in. Yeah, uh, I, it's mostly things like that. that yeah, no, I remember there. when the Dumbo live action movie came out, they had like a, a cardboard cutout of a Dumbo and then like that you could stand next to or something. But yeah, that's but I mean, like having a head is one thing like the whole theater is themed is like egyptian yeah. themed yeah. like and like the employees are wearing like egyptian garb like that's like a whole other level than what you two are talking about yeah that, that's true it is i guess this is called the pharaoh theater it is shaped i i can't tell if if it, the theater is the building shaped like the sphinx or the building shaped like the pyramid uh because they're both right next to each other <laughs> yeah no, I, I, it's very, but then they also don't only show mummy movies, which is so weird to me. Like, yeah. you're going to just show like, like maybe like you can get away with like Indiana Jones as like a movie you show in the theater. But mm -hmm. if you're showing like Alien versus Predator or something like that, then I feel like that's different. Or, than... or bust the movie. Yes. <laughs> which they show later on. Uh, so, so they're, they're watching the movie, uh, which I think is called the, the curse of the, sorry, the mummy with two tombs is what they're watching and and you sort of this is this is sort of how Phineas and Ferber are learning about mummies they're they're watching this uh, archaeologist and he's he's going through the the mummy's tomb and he he reads this this incantation uh and and this this incantation is 
uh, Owa Tagu Siam, uh, which I didn't recognize on the first watch, but on the second watch, uh, have you all ever played that game? It's called like Mad Gab or something like that, where it's like, uh, it, it gives you some, some phrase that like sounds like nonsense, but if you read it in just the right way, it sounds like a real thing. I haven't, but at the station, there's just a random box of Mad Gab just like in the back and no one knows why it's there. <laughs> so have, that's my Mad Gab story. I have never played this game. So, I thought you were going to talk about mummy games and I was like, yeah, the only mummy so game this... I played was the Scooby-Doo computer game about mummies. <laughs> uh, so this Owa Tagu Siam, if I said it a little bit faster, it would sound like, oh, what a goose I am. Uh, so that's that's the incantation is is oh what a goose I am wow that's uh, and mind-blowing <laughs> it, yeah it's it's a lot of really subtle stuff there's there's another one that, that we can talk about a little more uh, whenever we we finally watch um, Candace uh, against the universe uh, yeah. the most recent movie that came out mm-hmm. um, the I, I won't spoil it now but the reason why the planet's name is Fibla Oot is is very funny to me it's not feeble oats uh no i i will i'll tell you all off off air or do i spoil it i don't think i want to spoil it okay i can can, i've seen it tell you all off air but i don't want to i don't i don't want to spoil this goof for whenever we get there okay years from now uh or you can look it up i'm sure it's it's somewhere i i learned this from tiktok um so if you can scroll through uh if you can scroll through dan povenmeyer's tiktok then uh there you go it's a little it's it's your own little archaeological dig to to find this video um so they're watching the movie uh and and the guy in the movie says says oh watagu siam and and the the mummy comes to life uh and he's he's so excited he's like well well beat me with a chicken and so the, the <laughs> mummy who, who like already put the does, other guy in the sarcophagus yeah, yeah. So like the the mummy just does whatever the guy tells him to do, and one of those very like literal genie type things. Uh, so he actually is like starting to beat him with the chicken, um, and then you know the the guy and the the mummy are there in the movie, and they the mummy trips on on the booby trap. Uh, so that's where where Phineas and Ferb learn uh, that that booby traps are used in these in these mummy tombs. Yeah, um, and that's that's when Lawrence is awake and telling them everything. But then Lawrence passes out, right? Mm-hmm. Lawrence, the yeah. dad. Have you, either of you ever slept in a movie? Yes, uh, the Secret Life of Pets. One or two. <laughs> uh, the first one. I didn't. I didn't see the second one because I fell asleep in the first one. Navi, what about you? No, I haven't fallen asleep at the movie theater, but I will say uh, there have been plenty of movies where I had the same, like, just unimpressed look that Candace had the entire time she was watching the movie. So uh, that's my sort of uh, movie theater experience I will uh, share today. The closest I ever got to falling asleep at a movie, and I'm about to get flamed on Twitter, um, Avengers Infinity War. But can Mm -hmm. I give my perspective i had to wake up really early to move out of my dorm that day and we went to like an 11 p.m showing so i was yeah. tired and that movie is like three hours or something it's a long movie so mm-hmm. um i definitely was like gonna fall also i already knew that the ending because people have no chill and it was like a solid three weeks afterwards but that's why i went to end game opening night <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but um yeah so that's what happened uh so, so Phineas and Ferb sneak off and they they go and try and find the mummy on their own uh and here's here's where we get a song the the my undead mummy and me song uh a which a, a bop for sure this song confused the heck out of me okay and and the reason for that is it sounded like like the whole vibe of this song it's a very like 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 sort of pop rock almost almost like like a jack johnson type song um but uh i thought this was the song about uh me and my nemesis that they sing about doofenshmirtz and and perry which which happens like way later because i i know i remember that nemesis song yeah but i didn't remember this song but they sound very similar they do now that you said that because mm-hmm. i didn't even think of that this one was just like a sleeper hit i did not remember it and maybe it's because i remember the nemesis song but yeah yeah i i enjoyed the song it, it it went a little too hard for my memory to remember it but <laughs> yeah uh i loved it like navi no, this was a great song. Um, I also forgot about it because of the Nemesis song, as you said, but this was great. I was surprised at how much I actually like enjoyed it because I thought that going into it, I thought that Get You Get You Goo would be like obviously top of the charts and it is for me, but this was a really good song as well. Really well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about that song in the first episode that was like rhyming Candace with Handless and Praying Mantis. Uh, this is this is one where they they rhyme uh, my mummy and me with uh, moldy debris and and undead MC, uh, which I I thought it was very funny. I, I think this this really shows how how clever these writers can be sometimes. Yeah, no, the writers are super clever, and I feel like we say that all the time. But their jokes and their song lyrics are so fun and so witty and. I wish I was as creative as them. I think this this show like was was a big contributor to to my vocabulary when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, like impeccable. Yeah, they <laughs> they use a lot of words here that that you wouldn't expect to be in a kids show, but I I really enjoy. Uh, I, I think that's part of what makes the show very rewatchable as as an adult. Agreed. Yeah, like like we we've said in the past. Um, the fact that it's so smart and so funny, like makes it hold up even better as an adult. Mm-hmm. So Perry, Perry the platypus, he jumps into like the the stomach of of this big ape, uh, yep. this this like ape display in the movie theater, and he he goes down the tubes, uh, and and Major Monogram is is reading. Uh, so he at first it seems like he's he's like. Um, he said the uh, Doofenshmirtz has bought all this stuff and he's like reading off the list of all the things Doofenshmirtz has bought and he, he says like a pound of blood sausage it's like, wait no no that's my that's my yeah. grocery list and this is where Perry's also writing stuff down on uh, like a PDA that Tucker would use in Danny Phantom right and yeah. did anyone else think that he was going to just draw again like he did last week yeah I thought he was going to do that too so look at, looking for what, what the bit was going to be this time yeah. Uh, yeah. The the bit this time was that Major Monogram was the one that messed up, and he starts reading his his shopping list instead of Doofenshmirtz's shopping list. Uh, and it turns out Doofenshmirtz has bought he's bought a magnet, a map of the city's drainage pipes, and two tons of scrap metal. Yeah. Uh, which, two tons of where he gets all the scrap metal and and aluminum siding, I I don't know, but 
he's got a ton of it, it seems. He really does, which is wild to me, but... Maybe that's um, where he gets all the money to to fund this whole operation is, is from yeah. scrap metal. Uh, so so uh, Perry the Platypus, he gets into this submarine and the submarine's got three buttons on and one of the buttons is dive and one of the buttons is ascend and one of the buttons is don't dive. Yeah. <laughs> you got to press a button to not, not go down. Uh, so he starts to dive in the submarine, but since he's just like in the city's sewers, it like only goes down like a few inches. He's not even like submerged in the water. And yeah, I didn't like that it screeched. Like I get the like visual joke of it all, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. I heard the screeching from the like that when he moved, and I didn't like it. Like the tire or the metal screeching against the ground, and my ears were not a fan of it. No, real, real nails on a chalkboard sound for you. Mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. Um, uh, so the, we get a, a a bit in the um, back in the movie theater where where Phineas and Ferb are going to go look for the mummy, uh, and they they ask where the where the mummy exhibit is, and and this worker who who like you can tell just like does not care. They ask him where the mummy exhibit is, and he he presses the little intercom button. He's like, manager assistance requested. And yeah. the manager comes and tells them that oh, oh the mummy exhibit—it's it's not an exhibit; it's just like some stuff in storage in the basement. Exactly, yeah. Um, and then he comes and tells them that it's in the basement, and then leaves, and then they leave, and then the lady comes up, is like, "Where's the restroom? Manager's assistance required." So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he, he can't even tell this this woman where the restrooms is. He's he's got to. Mm-hmm get a manager for yeah. everything it had to be his first day like there's no way like i get the bit but like how do you not know where the bathroom is what if you need to go to the bathroom i th- I think it's just someone who is just over his job and is trying to come up with ways to like try to get that severance by faster okay no not trying to get that severance then <laughs> um yeah I, I mean that's that's definitely something that I, we... I like whenever i used to work at like a grocery store i would do like I wouldn't necessarily like go out of my way to call the manager, but like you, you find things to like say you're doing something, but really you're just trying to find a way to make time go by. No, that's, I think that's, that's understandable here. Yeah. Um, no, for uh, the, I just want to talk about their uh, workers uniform uh, mm-hmm. where they're dressed like uh, pharaohs from the movie, but, and then they have like this, patch that like people on reality shows use to cover tattoos that are copywritten um Mm -hmm. all on their chest and i was like i feel like unless you're like a lifeguard or something you need to wear a shirt at your job (laughs) yeah as your uniform right (laughs) yeah i thought that the patch on their chest was like their name tag oh maybe i didn't that's kind of what i thought i think I didn't see like the scribble. So I just, maybe I was just like, what yeah. is this like? It also looks like one of those things that like you put on an AED, like when you use an AED, like the like strip. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what is this costume supposed to be like? What's that point? But maybe the name tag makes sense. But like, my biggest thing is like, even also, I know the mummy, it's a mummy movie theater, but I feel like the, these people are, the, there's like also some like health standards, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I don't work yeah, in public like if health. If you're going to like concessions or something, like how does that work? Exactly, right? It's also, also like, 
if the movie they're showing is the mummy movie and they have all of the people are dressed up in these these egyptian outfits uh why is the mummy stuff in storage why is that not the stuff that's in the lobby <laughs> exactly the the timeline doesn't make sense very much so um uh so where are we okay so so uh Phineas and Ferb start to go to the basement and and I see these these like pith helmets the like archaeological dig helmets uh yeah. they, they put the pith helmets on and Phineas is like say something pithy <laughs> Uh, so then, then uh, Candace is is following them and like inadvertently knocks over the the this huge gumball machine, uh, and and the the gumball machine uh, starts starts to to follow them, uh, and and Candace like she gets she goes to the stairs she falls down the stairs and like lands in a mop bucket, uh, and her her shoes get all all wet and squishy in the water, uh, which I gotta say. Wet shoes has got to be up there in like worst things to ever happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, especially wet socks. It's, yeah, that's I was about to say. Yeah. yeah, I I definitely keep like a spare pair of socks in my office just in case I have to walk to my office on like a rainy day or something. Yeah, imagine the snow though. <laughs> if... It's got to be bad. It's got to be. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah um no i can i don't know if this is the spot to say it, but i loved all the like references in this episode like the indiana jones references especially and yeah, i feel so like we're about to get to there yeah so, that's, yeah that's a, about what's about to happen because you know candace candace knocks over this gumball machine and this this gumball machine uh at least the the big ball part of it kind of kind of turns into the, the boulder from indiana like, jones how did it not break when it hit the ground like, but okay <laughs> it, it's got to be some thick thick glass yeah um but, dummy uh, yeah dummy dummy thick glass <laughs> uh so nice so the the uh the the gumball machine is chasing phineas and ferb uh and phineas and ferb were able to do this like cool acrobatic thing where where phineas gets on ferb's shoulders and they like do a flip off of this drainage pipe so they land on top of the ball uh and then they start like running on top of the ball and and then at one point, Phineas is like running on his hands on top of the ball, and I, I think, I have this written down that it seemed like Ferb was like running on his butt cheeks. It looked like his his butt was like moving independently of itself. <laughs> I did not catch that. Um, who knows? Maybe he's just like bouncing or sitting on it or something but he's definitely moving yeah um, so so they're they're able to to avoid the gumball machine uh candace not so much uh, the 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 gumball machine is is chasing after candace and like a very a very like scooby-doo type type chase scene mm-hmm. where, where even when she like turns corners and things and she runs up the stairs and and the ball follows her upstairs and she gets on the elevator, which, by the way, do you all notice anything on the elevator? Lindana and I want to have fun from our next yeah. episode. We got some some Lindana music, which which she she mentions later that you know it's gonna be elevator music, but the elevator music kind of comes before she even talks about the song being elevator yeah. music. 
I love that. I love it so much. I was like, oh my god, Lindana. <laughs> Uh, this this whole chase sequence I thought was was very funny. It's it's very much like, uh, like you said, the references. It feels like very much a crossover between like an Indiana Jones and a Scooby Doo. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun, and I I love like the little, like we haven't got into it, but like the the surfing of the sewer water that mm, they did yeah. with the mummy casket. I thought that was fun too. Um, like the visuals in this episode were a lot of fun. Uh, so then after this, uh, Candace finally ends up in, in this other storage room with, with the bubble gum machine. And I, I, at, at this point, she, she tries some of the bubble gum uh, and realizes that it's, it's old and stale bubble gum. So it's kind of like, yeah. which one, very nasty. Well, two, if this gum is old on the and floor. stale, why, why was that in the lobby to begin with? Why are they selling people old, stale bubble gum? I don't know, but it also hit the floor. I thought I knew that I remembered that Candace was going to be the mummy. I was just trying to remember how, mm. and I thought she was going to like get bubble gum sticky and then uh, toilet paper. But no, it was a jar of butter, like in a paint can, something that, like that. It said butter on it. I was like, what? Like, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> I I don't know why they keep uh, maybe popcorn a, a butter can. Oh, yep. That, oh, that right. But why sense. in a That's can? Why. But why in a can? That's why. Um, yeah, I don't know why a can. I guess it just fits. But it makes sense that they would be having, yeah. having popcorn butter there. Um, so at some point in this, Phineas remarks that this is like their their first booby trap that they're surviving. Um, but so yeah, Candace chews the bubble gum, which which causes her to not be able to move her mouth much, uh, and then she gets covered in in the butter and then the toilet paper so she she becomes the mummy uh and this is where uh we we first see uh so after Can- candace is the mummy we we cut back to to doofenshmirtz and and perry uh and doofenshmirtz is is painting his his innator it's the the woodinator uh and and perry the platypus shows up and he says ah perry the platypus as always the timing is incredible. And by incredible, of course, I mean completely credible. Um, so that's another very, very good uh, and by I mean uh, that I'm keeping track of. the, the And by incredible, I mean completely credible. Yeah, and I love that. And then I love that he was like, when he puts Perry in the little bubble, he like draws on his face with a paintbrush because yeah. I love Doofenshmirtz painting. Um, it just sends me. So he, yeah, he, he traps him in, in his, he says it's something that's uh, completely impenetrable. It's it's a bubble made of pure evil and a blend of space age polymers. <laughs> uh, so he, he traps him in, in the bubble and then uh, tells him his plan. His plan does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, so this, this woodenator it it works as like a magnet, but for wood instead of metal. Uh, and and what it does is is there's this like beaver dam, and he thinks that if he takes all of this wood out of the beaver dam, that it'll make the the water, the sea level in the ocean raise by two percent, uh, which is a lot. But he'll get a beachside uh, property. But uh, yeah, he said his his property that's a mile away or a, a block away from the beach will then become beachfront property. 
Uh, so I think he's, he plans to rent it out and, and make money that way. Um, but uh, that's got to be a lot of water in this beaver dam to raise the ocean level. By also, the environmentalism, that was not safe. Yeah, yeah I, I also have that in, in all caps. Is it, I said, are, are beavers the only thing preventing climate change right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like forget the ice caps it's it's the beavers that are keeping us safe uh but yeah so i this plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me um i i understand the the want for beachfront property but uh there's probably better ways to do it than this yeah like honestly just buy a beachfront property with all the money you have and then yeah raise he's, the... got, he's got enough to buy two tons of scrap metal Right, sure he's got enough to buy a, a you know a small condo. Yeah, rent. <laughs> I mean, uh, a lot of his issues would be solved if he just went about it, you know, the proper channels as opposed to doing yeah. these convoluted plans. Yeah. I mean, if he did it the right way, we wouldn't have a show to talk about. That's so. true. That's true. He's he is stupid, but we love him. Yeah, he's uh, he's a king. Yeah, so this is this is where he he draws a little funny face on on the bubble of Perry, uh, and then kind of kicks Perry away. Um, so we go back to Phineas, um, and he he does the the in he, so the Phineas and Ferb find the mummy exhibit in storage, uh, and he he does the the incantation the Owataku Siam, um, and he it turns out that the the mummy is just like a blow up doll instead of an actual mummy like, like you would expect of course there's not a real mummy it's a movie theater uh so he says there, you know there might there might not be a mummy this whole this whole room is just filled with nothing but but fakey promotional junk uh which like what did he expect like, <laughs> you're in a movie theater yeah okay. that's what Get it all is it. uh but then he he turns around uh and and he sees a mummy and and it's this mummy He's even talking to him, saying Phineas, but it's really it's really Candace who's got the 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 gum in her mouth and she can't talk super clearly, so so she sounds very like mumbly, but yeah, but it is Candace with with old stale bubble gum in her mouth. Uh, and we get some shots here of of some of the other things they have uh, in in the storage. So it, it, there's uh, a standee for the movie Sharks. Uh, there's a poster for Bus the movie, which is that supposed to be a Cars parody? Maybe is that about the time period that Bus the movie might be Cars? RV, RV. Okay. And that, the other one is Jaws, obviously. Yeah. And then Safari Man two, uh, and and Phineas says something like like what what kind of angry twisted soul is hid, hidden under those bandages? Because uh, of course he doesn't know that it's his sister, uh, and then then eventually Phineas and Ferb they're they're able to trap the mummy in in the sarcophagus that that the original fake mummy was in. Yeah, no, I I thought this was phenomenal. Like the the way that the the expectations like they thought it would the just the visuals of seeing all the different movie parodies, and then right before uh, they like trap candace right as the water is gonna like come through and that's the fun part because then they surf on candace mm-hmm. unknowingly and i love it yeah so this this is where we we see how these how these two storylines are about to cross over 
Uh, so so Doofenshmirtz starts to do the the woodenator magnet thing on the wood, uh, and Perry kind of like communicates with one of these beavers. Yeah, he's doing this little click thing. And this, you think that beaver is an agent or no? Thing. Uh, this one probably not. I feel like we would have seen a hat if it was an agent. True, true, but, true. yeah, but that's probably how Perry knows how to talk to beavers. Yeah, there, that's fair. there probably is a uh, a beaver agent. Um, but uh, so he he talks to the beaver, and the beaver's gonna help him him help him pop the bubble. And he at first he takes this little log and he like chews it down until it's like a toothpick. Uh, but then you you know you think he's gonna pop the bubble with the toothpick, uh, but it turns out he throws the bubble away and then just bites it with his own teeth. There's yeah, another another funny funny visual there. No, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and then we'll get to it in a second because you're gonna bring it up. But when Doofenshmirtz that he pops the bubble with Doofenshmirtz's nose and he's like, "Is my nose that pointy?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a great there, line. They Perry goes to fight Doofenshmirtz and they get trapped like in a bubble together in the struggle. And and yeah, Perry, like you said, uses uses Doofenshmirtz's nose to pop it. Uh, so like this this thing that's supposed to be impenetrable is just popped by Doofenshmirtz's nose. Uh, so the the water the water is Russian now. All of all of the the Beaver Dam is out of the way, uh, so there is a lot of water flowing through the sewer system, and it turns out the sewer system is in the basement of the movie theater. Yeah. Uh, so these these uh, caverns that they were that they were walking through are now like there's a river flowing through them. Uh, so so this is this is where. You know, Phineas and Ferb, and now Perry joins them um, um, as just regular platypus Perry. Uh, yeah. They're they're like surfing on the on the sarcophagus. There's there's a point where where it like takes a picture of them like you would on like Splash Mountain or something like that. Yeah, on like roller coasters. Picture of them falling down. Uh, yeah. Which is which is really funny, uh, and then and then they, so they they land outside of outside of the movie theater. Uh, and and the sarcophagus breaks and and Candace comes out and Candace is no longer in the covered in the toilet paper anymore because of all the water. Uh, so so Phineas is like, hey Candace, you missed all the fun. Yeah. And Candace is just just tired. She's been through a lot of physical damage. This episode, I don't have written down that she she had any uh, uh, gaslighting done to her. Uh, because there there wasn't much emotional damage in this episode. Yeah, but just a physical. lot of physical damage. Yeah, even as a kid, I hated the little like bump that they would like through with the ha- mm-hmm. hair, like the hair <laughs> bump. Like I feel like they do that a lot in Phineas and Ferb, and I never liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I do want to point out Ferb's line at the end that he's like, you know, mummies had their brains pulled out through their nose, and Candace's like, ah, the lucky ones. <laughs> the lucky ones. Yeah, right. Right before that is is my favorite line in the episode where uh phineas thinks they lost the mummy so he's like mommy mommy and then lawrence comes up he's like mommy has supper waiting for us at home yes i like that <laughs> yeah. i also want to highlight the the angry twisted soul hidden underneath those bandages i feel like that's a little bit of a gaslight that not not yeah a super, little bit yeah but poor candace uh but yeah i think i think that's the end of the episode they're they're riding home Ferb makes the thing about how you know mummies had brains pulled out of their nose, and Candace is all oh, the lucky ones. Yes, uh, and that's it. 
Navi, do you have any thoughts on this episode before we move over to flop stars and take a quick second to like prepare for that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it was a really solid episode. Uh, I always do generally like the episodes where they're not in the backyard and they're off doing their own thing. Also, I did uh-huh. like the change that instead of busting her brothers to their mom, instead she was going to her dad and trying to bust them, but he was equally as just oblivious as Linda is. So no. that was a fun twist to it. Overall, a great episode. Yeah. Um, it's one of the few episodes where we don't get Linda and we don't get Isabella exactly right. yeah and also i love that if candace was completely in the right phineas and were like trespassing on the movie theater property like yeah. in the storage room like she was completely in the right justice yeah. for candace they, they weren't even doing anything cool this time they were just you know, trespassing yeah. yeah so we're t- gonna take a quick second uh enjoy this little snippet of my undead mummy and me and then we'll be back with a special guest to talk about flop stars years old he's wrapped in bandages and covered in moldy debris my undead mummy and me mm-hmm. if a bully ever tries to poke me in the eye i'll introduce him to my decomposing guy and he'll flee from my undead mummy and me all the kids at school are gonna have a conniption when they get a load of my My undead mommy and me, yeah. He's no dummy, he's chummy, and he's my mommy. My undead mommy and me, my undead mommy and me. Undead mommy and me. And for Flop Stars, we have brought in our own special guest, uh, joining us just to talk about flop stars today, uh, a one-hit wonder in her own mind, but it's Kate Evans, my co-host from the Scooby Snacks and Chats episodes of Brazilian Dragon. Catherine, how are you doing today? I'm good today. I've had a great week. Um, can, can we can we spill the tea or no? Yeah. Kate is. Kate got a job this week, a new job. Oh, Yay! We love employment. Can you announce Congrats. it or are you NDA'd? I think I can say what I what my position is. Yeah, do that. Um, I am going to be an executive assistant on Barry the Third. Ooh. Oh, Barry. whoa. That's so cool. I love that show. Oh, yeah. it's my favorite show ever. Bill Hader is an absolute genius. I am. He's so also from good. Oklahoma. He's <laughs> from West Tulsa, I think. <laughs> I did not know he was from Oklahoma. That's very funny um but that's my news yes and so she's thriving and i told her to remember the little people when she gets famous um yeah like me um <laughs> <laughs> but kate came in at a special request she said i need to talk about the gitchy gitchy goo episode when i told her that i was starting a phineas and Ferb podcast when i so the first thing i told kate was i sent her the logo that we have which to our apple listeners we are working on that issue please stay tuned um we'll get a podcast on our apple feed but kate was like oh my god i'm obsessed i need to be on the flop stars episode but she didn't say the flop stars because i don't think anyone knew the name of the episode before last week um <laughs> no so, idea kate what's your phineas and fur backstory um i grew up on this show absolutely i've seen every episode growing up i watched three episodes today 
just like because we 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 put one on we just kept going until it was time to record and I recognize every single one um I was a huge fan always one of my favorite shows yeah and so which episodes did you watch today just out of curiosity both the two that were on this episode and then we watched the first half of the next episode like the whole episode but there's two per episode yeah 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 and Phineas and Ferb is just so easily digestible and it love is. it. And it, it, you said it holds up really well. So well. I just know a lot of the shows when we were kids, looking back and watching them now, they're really not as good as I thought that they were. But this one not only holds up, but I honestly thought it was funnier than I ever thought it was as a kid. Like I was laughing out loud alone in my room versus when I was a kid, I probably wasn't even really laughing. I was probably just staring at it. Yeah, that's something we've discussed that like the creators put a lot of like, humor that's smart um so it like might go over a child's head but then when you revisit the show it like holds up especially well because then uh just to talk about something from flop stars is the the line that uh phineas and ferb said that it's not that easy it's not that hard to get on the radio i was like oh my god mm-hmm. that's that's hilarious because it's so not true <laughs> um how do you think phineas and ferb would do in the spotify era before we go into the episode the pft Oh, Ooh. I think they would have still blown up overnight. Yeah, I, I think they would have figured out how to how to game the TikTok algorithm to get more streams. Phineas if, if, if Olivia Rodrigo can do it, I think Phineas and the Ferb Tones can do it. Sorry. Um, yeah, Navi, you were going to say something about TikTok and Phineas and Ferb? No, I was about to say, they would probably like try to figure out the TikTok algorithm, uh, try to like, uh, as we'll say, game the system. So like they would probably like destroy Billboard as we know it. Yeah. And um, I think uh, Dan Povenmire is already working on that for a future episode, like a two minute TikTok episode that they could create. Ooh. I feel like that's something. Dan Povenmire, this this, uh, thought came to me earlier and- I'm almost afraid to say this out loud because of how long it took me to realize this. Uh, but we've we've talked a lot about how like we don't know where Danville is or Danville just like exists wherever it needs to be. It's not like named after a particular. Like, is it named after him? Oh my god! Is it named after Dan Povenmire? Is it I... Danville Povenmire? I don't know. <laughs> I oh my god! I was thinking of like composing a tweet, which I also need to apologize because I went back and listened to our episode from last week before doing this today, and I did not realize that I tweeted something that was incepted from Will's comments this week. So I basically <laughs> stole a tweet from you <laughs> when I was fine. talking about Elizabeth Olsen and Full, Fuller House, and I apologize. That is, I think I took plagiarism. it from somewhere else too. Okay, so. well. That We're was all just plagiarism. turning out the same ideas in different places. Yes, but I thought about like tweeting something like, what's something so obvious that you just realized? Um, because- I, think, I mean, they do enough of like, we talked last week about how they named the, the milk company after Swampy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they do enough of that, that, that it has to be named after him. I, I have to agree. Um, and if someone knows the information, please let us know because we would love to hear that. Um, but let's just get into this Flop Stars episode. So um, the log line, basically, like the quick recap is Candace goes to audition for an American Idol talent scouting thing. Uh, Phineas and Ferb learn about one hit wonders and want to make their own hit, one hit wonder. Um, Lindana is trying on 80s clothes because she's reminiscing about her time in the 80s as Lindana. Linda, sorry. Linda is Lindana. And then Perry the Platypus 
um, is stopping Dr. Doofenshmirtz from, we didn't really get a full like backstory for this one, but he's making a building robot and uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't get a backstory and we didn't even get like a plan of what it is. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll, when we talk about the rankings later also, like I didn't even know what to call this thing. I just said like giant robot or something. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that's the, he was trying to take over the, oh, according to this episode wiki, it says taking over the tri-state area with a giant building shaped robot that, that no innator in here. So it's obviously no. going to take a hit. Um, but uh, just uh, one of my favorite visuals that I want to just mention, because it's in the, in the start of the episode summary, uh, Phineas and Ferb's checklist, hit record, diva tantrum, elevator music and reunion tour. Um, so that's, that's fun. Um, but let's get into the episode. So sure. we start off, it's uh, this kid singing and it zooms out onto this commercial that's like auditions for this idol talent show. And I didn't write it down, but I'm sure Will did. Um, uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> it's the next super American pop teen idol star. Yes. And but that's obviously. Marks. <laughs> yes. And that's obviously a parody of like the American idol, the, not the voice. Cause I don't think that was out there, but that, but like the pop idol sort of circuit, um, were any of y'all American Idol fans? Or... Not that I remember. Uh, I, I don't think I watched it all that much. I think I remember watching the the finale between uh, like Clay and Ruben, but okay. like not being old enough to care about it. I have a few quick American Idol aside. So the only season that I was 100% invested in was season nine, which is like a whack season to be invested in, but it was the one that I was fully on board. Siobhan Magnus to this day was a robbed queen. Um, but I remember at some, not summer camp, it was because it was a spring show. We did the fifth grade camping trip and it was the, and during that trip fell the David versus David night um, on season seven. And I remember when one of the moms who went on the trip with us was like, oh, David Archuleta lost. All the girls started like hysterically crying and then like to rub it in their faces. Like the boys were like, oh yes, David Cook is so much better than David Archuleta. Mm -hmm. So that's that's an American Idol memory I have. Um, but I, I ended up probably listening to more American Idol people music than watching the show. Like yeah. I recently put out a tweet that was like, Jordan Sparks was really disrespected by the fandom because no one talks about her anymore, but she has some bangers. And then little did I know, mild spoilers for The Masked Dancer. She was just on The Masked Dancer like two mm -hmm. nights after I tweeted that. So we as a society need to put more respect on Jordan Sparks' name, but she was always on Big Time Rush. So, so that helped. Um, but Navi or Kate, did you either, either of you watch American Idol? Yes, I actually went to multiple American Idol tours. Which one? Oh. I went to the one with Chris Daughtry. Um, I think he was the same season as Catherine McPhee. If mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that was definitely one of the tours. And I either went to the one before that or the one after that. I think after, though. I think it was whatever came next. Um, and my godmother got tickets, and she was just... It was like a show we used to watch back then. I don't think I ever watched it after the, those seasons, though. I feel like you would have been a Rottweiler fan from The Masked Singer season two, which was Chris Daughtry. I did not watch The Masked Singer. I watched some of the first season and I couldn't, I was so not into it. Yeah, no, I, I, I watched the performances on YouTube and then I listened to Puya and Liana talk about it, but um, I really don't, uh, don't enjoy watching the show itself. I just like watching the performances. And like, if they could like package the clues on YouTube, 
I would 100% watch that, but then they probably wouldn't get an audience, right? I've seen the Wendy Williams performance way too much. Native New Yorker. <laughs> Navi, what well, about man, you? Any any American Idol, Canadian Idols? Because that's where Carly Rae came from, right? I believe so. Canadian Idol did not do well. Uh, most Canadians prefer to watch American Idol. Um, as for myself, I wasn't a big Idol person. My family would just watch the auditions and like listen to Simon Cowell just like rip into these people and then carry on with my life. Like I didn't stay with any season for too long, though I do recognize uh, some names. I'm pretty sure Kelly Clarkson or yeah, Car- Carrie, Carrie Underwood, Adam yeah. Lambert, all American Idol people. Yeah, David Archuleta rings a bell for me. I don't know. Oh, um, okay. Wait, it was probably from the Hannah Montana episode that he was on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was on that episode. That's where I know him from. And Crush okay. is a banger. I know all the lyrics still. Like, even though I haven't heard it in like 10 years, I bet I could sing every mm-hmm. lyric. Um, but yeah, I love that Will changed his background to the American Idol stage. Uh, this is <laughs> this is actually uh, the uh, Carly Rae Jepsen concert that I went to oh. a and a half ago. Mm-hmm. We Was that your last concert? It was my last concert in in August of 2019. Did I go? What a good concert! I think my last. It was so much fun. My last concert was Sir Elton John, um, his goodbye tour. But like the Mm. first year, not the second year, when he went back to Boston, that I really wanted to go to. And in hindsight, I should have pushed harder to go to that one, (laughs) too. But um, yeah. So we get these auditions, and Linda tells them about um, what a one-hit wonder is during breakfast, and it's a linda backstory because she was lindana and she wants to have fun obviously a madonna parody um and includes the elevator music from uh that we saw in where's my mummy um or not where's my are you my mummy (laughs) uh but also also the uh the uh um so the song i'm lindana and i want to have fun the singing voice linda's singing voice is uh olivia olsen who plays who plays vanessa Okay. I was going to say, don't tell me it's Madonna is herself. Like <laughs> imagine if they got Madonna on the show, <laughs> especially in season one. Be a big get. Yeah. Yeah. For the fourth episode. Fourth episode. But Phineas and Ferb are like, I know what we're going to do today and they're going to make a one hit wonder, but only a one hit wonder. Um, and that's where Case, Candace and Stacy go upstairs to try on different clothes. And I remember seeing this clip on like Phineas and Ferb commercials, um, uh-huh. they're like different outfits. And she's like, perfect. That's the one you should have worn. Why didn't you wear that first? And um, I liked all the different outfits. There were a few that were a little cultural appropriation. Um, yeah, the, the village people stuff doesn't hold up super well. Yep. But um, uh, like there were also musical references in there as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they were just going for the musical, like the village people, like you said, but um, yeah, I liked a lot of the outfits and- uh, There's one at, that was like, just like a gorilla suit or something. Yeah, and then <laughs> I also love the one that she, she found from Linda's closet. It's like, this was in my mom's closet. Um, I don't know what she's doing with this, but I thought that was a fun nod to the Lindana backstory. Um, I don't know, how how like, how is Linda not told them this story? Like how, how are they this old and don't know that she was Lindana? I don't know. Shit, like, let, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to Google some 1-800s from I, the I, 80s and feel, tell me if you've heard of them. Well, like, I I feel like if like if Lou Bega was my dad, I would know Lou Bega. Was okay, but Mamba number five is <laughs> not the same thing. Like, Mickey, if Tony Basil, would you oh, know yeah. that? I know Mickey, but I don't know it's sung by Tony Basil. Okay. Okay. 
talk amongst yourself. Kate, do you think they should have known that Linda was their mom? I think, yes, they should have at some point, but I still can kind of believe it because like, for example, I don't know that many one hit wonders of the 80s. I mean, I know the classic classics, but it just that just seems like a one hit wonder, like a random one. Do you think I Tommy like- Two Tones kids knew at age nine and at age 12 that he was a, he sang 8675309 Jenny? <laughs> Possible. Like I we have to- maybe, maybe Linda's trying to hide it. I don't know. I feel yeah, like I would know. If, I guess. I, I thought like, that Linda was trying to hide it too. And that's why the kids don't know. Yeah. 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 I feel like if she's hiding it, I feel like it's reasonable that they probably don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I just have one last question on this topic. Do you think that Ivan Daroshuk, his kids at age nine and 12, I don't even know if he has kids, but would know that he's in Men Without Hats and wrote the safety dance? Uh, I bet he's probably got a lack of hats somewhere around his house that, that, would, that would lead them to know. I don't know. Uh, I Oh, he was a stay-at-home father prior to reforming Men Without Hats. Okay, so he does have a kid, but I don't know. Anyways, but that's that's an interesting question. I, I feel like we could have this debate all day, um, but it's an interesting question. Like, should you know if your parents are like a one-hit wonder celebrity? If anyone has that experience, please let us know. Um, and also but, if if your parent is a one-hit wonder and you don't know about it let us know i don't know how you would <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes um but uh they walk by phineas and ferb are writing nonsense lyrics and phineas and ferb is like i got one note and i'm like that's the start of every wand off is just that one note <laughs> well honestly even what was what even more like struck a chord with me the fact that phineas was sitting there with a rhyming dictionary oh my god rhymesode.com uh, yeah <laughs> if, if, if anyone who's ever written a wand off knows how great rhymesone.com is yep 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 um but uh meanwhile they're like where's perry i don't even know if they said where's perry but perry's gone um this episode had a few like structure all things that were missing like Isabella what you doing I don't think was there or uh, maybe it was this episode or the last episode um but I feel like there were some structural things that were missing including the innator that we'll talk about but uh Doof Insurance is buying toys construction toys I think specifically and Perry is like okay I gotta go and he jet he takes his uh moped and he hits a red light and he looks to the right He's like, oh my God, it's Linda. And Linda t- turns and she's like, oh. And then before he puts the like, um, what are those? Those like dentist office glasses with the mustache and it's the- like It's the Groucho Marx disguise. Gra- Groucho Marx glasses, yeah. And the mustache. Um, and she's like, oh, okay. And then he speeds off. And I feel like that's another uh, plot point in the Perry tries not to get discovered column. Yeah, I have written in my notes, uh, Perry's disguise is cool. Yeah, I thought I, it love was, it. I thought it was a funny bit. Um, Navi, what did you think? Yeah, it was a cute bit. Uh, it would have been interesting to see uh, Linda's reaction to seeing Perry that way, but uh, I don't think it would work well with the show. So I'm glad they kind of just left it as is and like Perry put on his disguise. Yeah. I wonder in the newer episodes if they ever find out that Perry is a secret agent, but because I know Doofenshmirtz interacts with the kids in that movie that we talked about, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. who knows? Um, Anyway, Stacy and Candace are in line, and we see in the background 98, uh, 
and it, people with the like um what are those called the turnstile yeah um turnstiles um and then jeremy shows up and i like this little moment that candace is like and then she's like hi jeremy and that's what a gorilla looks like when it's um not bathed or whatever she says um and then she's like jeremy are you auditioning jeremy's like no but i'm listening to this pft song on my ipod and the hundredth the hundredth contestant gets to sing on stage with them um and candace Stacy's 99 Candace goes in she's 100 and it's like oh my god Candace you get to sing and she's like oh my god um so thoughts on this and would you sing if you were the 100th contestant well no because I don't want to go and sing on stage uh-huh. but yes because that's a singing competition so if if I was there to be the 100th person yes yes um yeah I think I, I just wouldn't put myself in the position to be in that line uh i'm not a i'm not a performer per se that's a lie that might fly in the face <laughs> of the fact that that anyone who's listening to this might have already heard me sing once before this podcast started or um, yeah depending on if we get the theme song put out or not we'll see <laughs> yeah um but it's it's i can i can i can sing if people don't have to watch me do it um <laughs> But it's 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 performing. I, I I think I'd be too afraid. Yeah, performance anxiety is a real thing. Um, I probably would not go for it per se, mainly because, as evident by like my uh, intro to this podcast, I'm not a great singer per se. Some would mm-hmm. argue that I'm tone deaf, so I wouldn't want to put myself in that position where people can laugh and laugh at me as I uh, attempt to sing a ballad or a song. There's a YouTube well, video of me that shows my tune, tone deaf. It was from the middle school talent show I sang down mm-hmm. by Jay Sean. And I was very upset when they didn't let me sing the Little Wayne part. But in hindsight, Little Wayne's canceled. So maybe it was a good thing. And it's uh, atrocious. So feel free to search that on me. I own it now. But at the time, I was like annoyed that people put it on the internet without my consent. We got to find it, that video. Yeah, please send it to us. I'll send it in the in the group chat. I think Kate's seen it. Have you seen it, Kate? Um, no. I don't think so. I'll send it to you after too. Um, but we we stroll up and Candace performs uh, "Get You Get You Go," and Phineas is like, "Hit it, Candace!" And Candace is like, "What? How'd you guys get this?" Um, and then Phineas is like, uh, "Does anyone have the quote? If not, I can just like try to find in the episode thing." Uh, in uh, uh so I I have a different uh Phineas quote <laughs> written down. Uh, he is so here he says something about how the lyrics are meaningless uh, and then she says uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go tell mom and Phineas is like okay tell her what yeah, yeah. I don't get why Candace <laughs> wants to tell on her brothers like they're doing a successful music career wouldn't you want to like cheer them on and that could potentially help your career obviously she'll get to that realization later on in the episode but i'm like candace come on yeah. like you don't have to bust your brothers for every little thing they do exactly the one thing i will say is that maybe she if she was this is not her motivation but um maybe nine-year-olds should not be signing contracts with hollywood agents um but like music music executives and maybe should have parental supervision but otherwise that's not her reasoning so candace if you want to be a star you need to go with your brothers absolutely yeah um and i don't they don't have the line on the finisa pro bookie but finisa is just like oh so we just 
put it online. We made some calls. We wrote a song. We spent all morning doing it. And then it's not as hard as it seems. And I'm like, that's such a lie. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> tell that to my my struggling career. Um, so can we just take a moment to talk about Get You, Get You Goo? Yes. Okay. Is this the spot to take it? Uh, so Kate, this was the episode you wanted. You wanted it for this song. Yeah. Uh, let's start with you. Phineas and Ferb is full of bops. I mean, they have so many. I can go on and on. Like SAMP and also the Aglet song is really good. And let's not forget about the opening song. It's incredible. I know every single lyric, even though I haven't watched the show in years. But Gitchy Gitchy Goo is by far their best song. It is an absolute bop. One of my friends has the song and just knows the entire like extended version. Is it me? Is it me? <laughs> now I have two friends that know that by heart. Um, that's how much of a bop that song is. Like, it is just so good. I Like, it's so good. It just, it, they do it twice in the episode too, which was great. I had a great time. I sang it both times. It is their best song. It holds up. Navi? Yeah, so spoiler for my rankings, this song uh, has now topped the number one, Beating Out Swinter. So uh, I don't know what else I can add. I think Kate encapsulated it perfectly about how great of a song it is. Like the lyrics are nonsense, but it's great. It's catchy. The instrumental is really fun. It gets you moving. It's like very upbeat and fun, not like emo, sad boy, like downbeat stuff. So I really enjoyed the song and it's even better than what I remember from my memory. So I'm glad that we finally got around to covering this episode because this was amazing. Especially mm-hmm. like the second time when they sing the song in the episode when, Candace. when Ashley Tisdale is actually also singing too. Uh, that is like elevates it to a whole nother level that it is it is very fun. This is it's definitely going to be my my number one song for a long time. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see whenever we get to some of my other favorites. But I think it, just running through my head of what some of my favorites are, almost all of them involve Ashley Tisdale singing. Yeah, for me off the top of my head, this was always going to be one, um, and the only competition it has, which we'll get to when we get to it. But busted is Mm-hmm. either gonna that's gonna be number one and this would be number two or vice and versa who knows there, i mean there's still several episodes in season three and four that i oh. haven't seen at least yeah uh so maybe there's a hidden gem in there that that will that will find its way up at the top exactly uh, but for now this 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 one is is at the top for me and probably will be for a long time a hundred percent um and i i like kate mentioned about her friend i don't know if she was talking about me but if, it, if she wasn't i have I had it on my iPod Touch. I had the extended version from the Disney Channel playlist, if anyone remembers that album. Um, mm-hmm. And I know all the words. I could have sang along to it. And I was kind of like bopping around, but I was like, no, I need to take notes. I can't, I need to write down every lyric. No, I didn't do that. But um, I was getting involved and I have Get You, Get You Goo, two exclamation points, all caps. And we love it. It's such a great moment. But she ends up running out to get Linda, who... Is this the no? This is not when she steals a sweatshirt, but she brings Linda. She's in the mall, um, at the Google Plus mall, and she's like, "Okay, Phoenix and Ferb." And then it's there's a curtain and it's their silhouettes, and the announcer guy is like Marty the Rapper Boy in his uh, musical blender. And I feel like this is knowing Kate. This is one of her favorite moments. Yes. I was dying. I was dying. This poor girl could not catch a break. I was. I almost cried for her of laughing so hard what like what even none of it made any sense but it was very funny and i just felt so bad for candace 
but it was really funny. I love to laugh at her pain. I feel like between this and um, the the demolished building that we'll get to later, this might be the worst episode for Candace, Candace Gaslight Watch. Yes. Those those are the two things I have on the Candace Gaslight Watch. Yeah, the first thing I have is is Marty the Rabbit Boy and his musical blender, because uh, like like I I don't I don't know. Phineas and Ferb we've talked about have very distinctive head shapes and very distinctive silhouettes that, you know, how could this be anything but these two? Uh, and then it turns out to be a rabbit and a blender, which, which the, the fact that, that Ferb's outline is the same outline as a blender is, is a very good, very good bit. Where did they come up with this stuff? Oh my gosh. Like these genius writers, I'm obsessed yeah. Do we ever get to see uh, Rabbit Boy and Blender? I am Googling that right now. I hope we uh, do. Like, yeah, that was like my favorite one-off joke. So they, they do, spoiler alert, end up winning the, the contest at the end of the episode. The, the next super American pop teen idol star. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But do they ever make a return? I don't know. Debut appearance, flop stars, final appearance, roller coaster the musical, voiced by Don Bradley Michael. They make four appearances. And they only have their first speaking role is in oh there you are Perry, they're in Summer Vacation Summarizer, and then Roller Coaster the Musical they have a cameo and they get mentioned in the Klimt Balloon Ultimatum. There you go. So it looks it looks like the next time we see them is is sometime in the middle of season two, uh, and I I for one am excited. I'm, Me too. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. And Kate is the biggest Marty the Rabbit Boy stan, so. Uh, Tweeted her all the Marty the Rabbit Boy I images. I love him. I love him. I'm his biggest fan. Um, but okay. I I was obsessed because I did not remember Marty the Rabbit Boy. Am I the only one who did not? I didn't. Oh, remember. I, I I remembered it. I think. Okay. Yeah, I know it wasn't Phineas and Ferb, but I just didn't know who it was, and I was not mm. expecting Marty the Rabbit Boy. <laughs> um, but let's go back to the Doofenshmirtz story because he, uh, he opens the door he has a little D on his um, door stop and Perry the temp shows up uh, he's like oh are you the new temp and he's, he's still got the disguise on from earlier yeah. so, so Doofenshmirtz doesn't even recognize him he rolls up he shows him a chart and Doofenshmirtz charts needs like a Twitter account because there's so many charts throughout the show um, nothing beats a uh, low, lower, ouch from last week. But you see all the all the, all those like uh, Twitter accounts that are like uh, out of context, out of context. Uh... Um, the out of context ones, but also I follow one that's just like King of the Hill screenshots, and it's not even like screenshots of particular jokes or something. It's just like random still frames. Uh, oh, I like the like... SpongeBob memes, like frames mm-hmm. from SpongeBob, random yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this would be perfect for that. Just like random still frames of of Doofenshmirtz's charts and different visual gags and Phineas and Ferb. Love that. Uh, and then the profile photo can be Marty the Rabbit Boy and his music mm-hmm. blender. Um, but he's like, okay, here's my plan. And I think we come back to Doofenshmirtz, right? No, we don't, because this we get to. Um, so, but then. He reveals himself as Perry the Platypus. And he's like, oh, Perry the Platypus. Uh, I didn't know you were a temp. Are you that financially unstable? <laughs> Kate, are you okay? <laughs> Kate is dying. <laughs> Do a Doofenshmirtz impression. Do you like my Doofenshmirtz impression? Yeah, is it good? I, do. I love it. Oh, Perry like, the Platypus. I like, I like how his, his, first, his first instinct is not 
oh, Perry the platypus is, was disguised as a temp. It's, oh, Perry the platypus is also a temp because he's trying to make ends meet. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Which, uh, this goes along with, like, Doofenshmirtz is never trying to make ends meet. He's always, like, on top of the game financially, which is funny. So, mm. no, he can even hire the temp. <laughs> but uh, he ends up not really giving an explanation, just um, turning his building into a robot. Um, well, he says he wants to le- unleash unprecedented, ter- unprecedented terror on the tri-state area. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, this is where he, he doesn't give us the full the full plan, but he does give us some, some sort of subversion where he's like, uh, unprecedented terror over the entire tri-state area. And then he's, he's like, he like builds it up. He's like over the entire tri-state area and he like has a magnifying glass that like zooms in on the on the little tri-state area yeah and okay go ahead I have something so growing up in connecticut and where the tri-state area connecticut new york and new jersey i always thought that was the only tri-state area like just growing up that's i thought that was what anybody who said who was talking about the tri-state area that that's where they were referring to Mm -hmm. but then when i one time googled this when i was a kid um, it said it's never really known what's tri-state area because there are multiple of them, but I've noticed in this one that he actually had the magnifying glass over a part of the map, so we can cross out my tri-state area. Yeah. It was too far away from me. But that in my head canon, it's mostly the tri-state area between Philly, New Jersey, and New York, but like there's so many tri-state areas. One time they go to South Dakota for the Mount Rushmore, so it could be that tri-state area. Um, in my head, Mount Rushmore is like in the middle of the state, so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it was somewhere west, general middle west area. It was still vague enough where we don't really know, but we can cross out all of the east. It just depends what they need for each episode. Um, but <laughs> I, I think most episodes are around the New York area. Um, but uh, I could definitely see them living in Jersey. Um, that's the vibe that I get from the show. But uh, so, anyways, the robot shows up, and is this when he's like, "I'm gonna eat my charcuterie board," and put pepper on it do you want some pepper perry the platypus the, the, the tasty deli platter yes yeah. he starts to grind the pepper and he's like just say when like they like, would at like olive garden yeah and uh, i miss that cheese that's like the the shredded cheese from like fake italian restaurants oh yeah, yeah. um the fancy ones i i my childhood friends they their mom had one and i was obsessed with it and then they moved and like I still see them every like they lived in they live in San Diego now. So I when I lived in LA, I went there twice um during that time. And every time she brought it out, I was like, oh my God. I was so excited for that chai, <laughs> that cheese grater thing, the Parmesan. Um, but meanwhile, we see the poster for uh because they got on a bus and uh I we skipped over this part, but after this, Candace storms off to look for Linda. Um, I don't know if he has a name, but Hugo Records uh, comes up to Phineas and Ferb. Ben and Baxter left. is his name. Mm-hmm. Ben I, Baxter. I wrote from... down his name. His name's Ben Baxter. Uh, and I, I think, I'm not sure I need to look this up, but I think he's voiced by a guy named Jeff Bennett, who is the voice of Johnny Bravo. Oh. Um, you might need to look that up to confirm. He, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that was Johnny Bravo's voice. Uh, and I think that guy's name is Jeff Bennett. But I will, I will look it up. Yeah, no, I love uh, hearing voices and be like, oh my God, I know you from somewhere. Like Kate and I, when we talked about Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, there was one of the guys in the Hunch Bunch and I thought he was the voice of uh, Anti-Cosmo. Like what's the, the 
the evil fairies, like evil Cosmo, whatever they were called. Uh, uh, Anti-Cosmo, I think. So. Anti-Cosmo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked it up. I couldn't find that he was him, but he was the voice of Carl Weezer. So, um, oh, that's, uh, uh, his name is Pat Rob something. Paulson. Yeah. Um, pa- Paul or Pat or something, yeah. Uh, uh, Rob Paulson's also one of the Animaniacs. Oh, mm-hmm. fun, fun. But Yeah, it was Jeff Bennett. It was Jeff Bennett, Johnny Bravo. King of identifying voices, Got Will Davis. Um, but we, so yeah, and then he, he sets them on a bus um, and Candace is like, oh my God, no. And then she goes, steals Linda from trying on a clothes and the police officer comes after her or the security guard. Um, and she's like, oh my God. And she gets the poster and she runs out to get Linda and the poster is demolished not because of Doofus Mertz, they did a little well, sight gag. It's, it's like a, it's like a, like a full, like building-sized mural. Actually. Yeah, um, and Finney's on the buses. They passed the poster, and Isabel's like, "How'd you get the poster?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a demolition. It, the building is set for de- demolition. It's gonna. It was cheap. The rental space or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get the sight gag. It's another really good. Yeah, another another really good subversion where it looks like Doofenshmirtz robot is gonna crush the building. Yeah. And he like narrowly misses it at the end. Yeah. And I don't know if this is because of Perry and the pepper, but which we can get back to in a second. But basically the the demolition people are like, boom, right before Candace gets out. And the security guard's like, ma'am, you need to pay for that. And is like, oh, you're Lindana, right? And she's like, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I was a big fan. Uh, but we keep going. And oh, and then so back to the Perry the platypus stuff. So he makes the mountain of pepper and then he blows the pepper into Doofenshmirtz's face, which I thought was going to be what makes Doofenshmirtz sneeze and unlock Perry the platypus because I didn't remember, but mm-hmm. she goes through the robot and the robot sneezes and um, sneezes then out. Uh, I'm skipping all over the place, right? Because this is, I think my notes uh, in the second half of the episode are kinda, much less streamlined this, than the this first half. episode kind of skips all over the place. It does a lot of cutting back and forth. Yeah. Um, so so that happens and we're going to pause at that moment and so last we hear from Doofenshmirtz and Perry they're sneezed out and then pause and then we're going to jump to the Phineas and Ferb storyline for a second because they all intercut later Phineas and Ferb end up at Hugo Records and he's like okay let's talk about your future and you see the Lindana poster in the background and he's like aren't you a little young to be uh pop stars and then Phineas and Ferb are like no no we're not no we're not <laughs> in fact not at all because I mean, just look at Miley Cyrus was at around that time. All the high school musical kids, like I love the in jokes. Um, but he's like, okay, we can make your future go off to the charts. And then Phineas says, um, follow up single. Who do you think we are? Some two bit hacks who will keep writing you songs simply because you pay us obscene amounts of cash. Phineas and the Ferb Tones are strictly a one hit wonder. Good day to you, sir. And then they go into the elevator, and it's Lindana at first, and then so. Phineas and Ferb said, Phineas says, Diva Tantrum, check. And then Gitchy Gitchy Goo starts on the elevator music. And he, uh, he's like, elevator music, check. Um, so that's what happens there. And what do we think of Phineas's rant? Uh, so I, I think we, we talked about, at least in the roller coaster episode, about like Phineas being unlikable at some times. Um, but which I don't think that's what this is. I, I, I think like that's like part of the whole thing. They wanted to have like the the true one hit wonder experience and have have the the diva tantrum. So I think Phineas is like turning that on a little bit just for like this one moment. 
Agreed. Uh, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really funny. Agreed. That said, I do think like people can 100% read it as like a little bit of a privileged viewpoint that they're offering them money and he can be like, no. Because like, I feel like a lot of like people would say yes just for the money aspect. I don't know. But I, I think this is definitely a more likable Phineas moment than the roller coaster. The roller coaster episode was like, they didn't know what to do with Phineas yet, I don't think. Uh-huh. Um, Navi or Kate? I didn't really like the 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 whole fight thing that the tantrum that he threw I mean it made sense in the story and it, and it like worked but I, I mean I just didn't like it it felt um I I guess privilege is like kind of the word he just kind of I don't know just the way he said it instead of just politely turning it down and being like this is not what I want and I I we only want to be one hit wonder the whole tantrum about it was I didn't find it cool but it fit in the episode yeah, I think it's jarring because this isn't really Phineas's MO. Like, he's a fairly chill guy for the most part. So to see him, like, doing that tantrum was, like, very just, like, whoa. <laughs> I was not expecting uh-huh. that out of you. Exactly, yeah. Um, but we've we've seen Unlikable Phineas, and I know we're going to talk about the Marvel movie with uh, special guest John John whenever we get to it. Um, but... I remember watching that and Phineas was extremely unlikable in that one. So it's not like well, always out of the realm. I don't think realm. I've seen that one yet. So I guess, oh, I guess Phineas is get to it, 100% in the wrong and is so mean to Candace when actually she's trying to help them um, in that one. I think they do some nice subversion. Also, um, I I enjoyed it because uh, I think they brought some fun characters into the mix. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, so we go back to the so they're going in the elevator and then go back to where we were paused with doofenshmirtz and perry and they go through the window right um Mm -hmm. and there that's the whole scene um they get the tape because ben baxter's like oh we have this tape of their recording we can like make so much profit off of it they can make them in a live action show we can animate them or whatever and then perry the platypus hits the tape as they fall out the window and like uses it to loop himself to a headlamp or some obstruction from the wall uh-huh. and Doofenshmirtz, he doesn't get Doofenshmirtz, which I feel like he usually does. Doofenshmirtz falls onto the mattress and it flips over into the bending mattress. Did the mattress company have a name? Uh, if it did, I didn't write it down. Wait, yeah. the mattress that folds? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. It was so funny. It was literally called like the, like the folding mattress company. It was so bland and <laughs> very oh. funny. I don't remember the exact wording of it, but it was like literally the folding mattress company. Yeah. If I can find it. Okay. You Google that. Uh, and do we think Perry should have rescued Doofenshmirtz though with the tape? I think it worked out. I think, I think Perry probably calculated like, Oh, there's, there's a mattress right down there at the bottom yeah he's, he's gonna land on that i don't need to do anything myself exactly yeah that that was a good uh little thing um okay it's literally called the amazing folding mattress company mm-hmm. amazing I, folding I, mattress company so i love funny. it it was very bob's burgers but i guess that came later so i guess not technically but it reminded yeah. me of bob's burgers kate mm. pause do you watch king of the hill i don't okay because we had a King of the Hill discussion. I know you like adult animation too. So oh, I would you like Futurama. I I, oh, don't even get me started on Futurama. I love that show. I love that show so much. I'm getting okay. a tattoo for it when I decide what. Is that number 28 or did you get a tattoo it, during the pandemic? Oh, so you got three tattoos during the pandemic. I, I, 
was that 29 when i left la i got the scorpion as my 30th okay yay yeah kate's gonna design a tattoo for me one day oh i can't design (laughs) i literally like take them off of album covers or something like they are not designed well you're gonna help me get one i'll help you get one though (laughs) okay But we go back to the Googleplex mall and the announcer, Ryan Seacrest guy, is like, the winner is Marty the Rabbit and his musical blender. Marty Yay! the Rabbit boy. And then we pan over to Candace and she's sulking and Jeremy comes over and gives a really like inspiring pep talk being like, Candace, you love to sing, right? You don't have to focus on the negatives of your brother. Like you can always just sing and enjoy singing and that's why you're here, right? And then she's like, oh my God, Phineas and Ferber are gonna be my big ticket to uh, a record deal. And I don't know if she vocalizes that at first, but that's what she does at the end. Um, yeah. And then she goes, we talk about the harmonies and the Ashley Tisdale singing and she sings with PFT. And that's the version I remember. I forgot Candace. Cause I was like, Candace is going to sing when they give her the music and yep. And then, so she sings and then Phoenix says, thank you. We're retiring. And they leave and the mall closes. And Candace that's the last time sings. we'll ever play this song. Which is an atrocious <laughs> concept. Like they need to play it all the time, but. I'm sure they bring Phineas and Ferb Tones back because they they need the reunion tour, right? Or was this their that reunion? Was, that tour? was the reunion tour. Okay. Yeah. That's that's whack. They need to bring it back um, in a future episode. Um, I and chance to go. Yeah, and just want to add that since we're done with the episode, this we get the credits, and it's a Lindana album, like in the style of those album ads. Um, it's like Lindana in eighty different languages. I saw Portuguese was the first one they had. Um, they had Swahili, they had dog, they had Korean. Um, I saw one, Canadian. Of the, one of them, one of them said uh, Tagalog as like two separate words instead of Tagalog, the actual mm-hmm. language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, a, another thing to mention, because I'm, I'm going to try and pick out every time uh, Dan Pavenmeyer is one of the additional voices. Uh, the the man who makes the announcement that the mall is now closed and will be open at 9 a.m., that is, that's Sam Pavenmeyer. And did Swampy have a credit on this one or no? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going based on based on what I hear. I'm not looking okay. at credit. Okay, sounds uh, good. I've, I've heard his voice enough on TikTok uh, that I, I'm, I'm hoping I can pick it out. Yeah, no, that would be like the most fun part of like being a showrunner, just like throwing your voice whenever you can or th- being like in scenes. Um, uh-huh. That seems like so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so that's flop stars, and we'll take a moment. Uh, Kate, are you gonna? You're gonna jump off right now, right? But if you have any feedback for future episodes, please write in, and we'll want to have you back whenever you can, like in the future. Oh, yeah, thanks for joining problem. us. Like yes. Do you have any final Phineas and Ferb thoughts from this episode? From, from this episode, maybe any "Where's My Mummy" thoughts? Not "Where's My Mummy." Or are you my mummy thoughts? I would say, well, yeah, I watched that too. That was also really good. There's a part where Candace broke the fourth wall and I literally rolled on the floor. It was the funniest thing ever to me. Generally, I don't like that, but I think it fits so well in that episode. But anyway, the thing I would say the most is, I already said this before, but this show just so seriously does hold up. I really was ready for like, like, like something funny, but more like really like childish humor. And honestly, I thought that was, was the funniest thing I've watched in weeks. Like this show really holds up. So that made me very happy. I will be watching more. Yes. And do you have any plugs for the listeners? Oh, sorry. If anyone wants to respond to Kate's thoughts first. 
before. Now, I was about to say, how what holds up better, Phineas and Ferb or all of the tr- crappy uh, Scooby-Doo movies you have to watch? Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Phineas and Ferb. Even the good Scooby-Doo movies probably don't hold up as well as the best Phineas and Ferb episodes. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, the TV show, holds up, though. And some yeah. of the movies, the mo- more recent ones we've been watching... I think the ones that we're going to get to more in, like, in this new era are going to be... Have you seen the ones with John Cena yet? No, no. <laughs> I think that's later. The there's, wrestling there's ones, like, right? There's like two with the WWE. Yeah. Oh, those are those are like later in our spreadsheet. Um, um yeah, the two that we recently watched, the witches, witches ghost. Yeah, the island. Those two hold up. The other ones definitely not. But Phineas and Ferb holds up. So Ghoul School holds up a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess. It's I remember being it's big cool. into the Reluctant Werewolf when I was a kid. That was, Kate hated that, was that one. We had on that's the one where Shaggy had a girlfriend yeah he was sneezing i never understood that hiccuping yeah oh yeah see what was that about that was something i don't know yeah but case uh do you do you have any plugs either you can plug our podcast right now but you can also plug any (laughs) activities you're doing yes you can listen to me and felipe on our scooby-doo podcast scooby-doo snacks and chats it they don't drop on a certain day of the week they just drop when we're ready we're probably recording tomorrow though uh a scooby-doo blair witch crossover Yes. Oh man, it's shorter because it's only a 20 minute, it's like not even 20 minutes, like it's like 17 minutes, and then we're probably gonna do like 30 minutes. Um, so and then this weekend we'll get to Alien Invaders with the great Lindsay Bebo joining us again. Um, while we're here, Navi and Will, Navi was speaking with me offline. Y'all want to come on Monsters Unleashed? Ooh, oh, the live yeah, action, yeah. I think I actually have that DVD, but have okay. never actually watched it. Yeah, that's the second live action one. And because yeah. Navi was saying that she that's one that she wanted to do. And I was like, okay, let me ask Will, but I forgot to ask you offline. So I'm just gonna put you on the spot on yeah. Here. Um so we just booked an episode, Kate. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other plugs, Catherine? Yes. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at K-A-Z.Z. K-A-Z.Z for our Canadian <laughs> Navi over here. No. <laughs> um twitter is tears you apart and um as always my linkedin linkedin yes follow kate on linkedin um are you on tiktok i am but i don't make any videos that needs to change same i'm i'm a tiktok lurker myself i started making videos last week on tiktok i don't know if people saw them but uh basically uh shouts to Deidre from the Posha Recaps Discord. She's watching WandaVision and literally mm. only saw Black Panther and maybe a few other movies. So she is a little bit lost. So like some people are giving her backstories, but I'm like, you know what? I will do 60 second summaries for her. So I started making Marvel movie MCU. Through? So I'm, I'm through Thor and I use my favorite filter from Snapchat, the, la- uh, the big mouth filter. And I do that and I give like 60 second summaries. So that's what I'm doing on TikTok right now. And I'm having fun. It's a hot mess, but... I'm having fun and Deidre's enjoying them. So if any casual Marvel fans need some backstories, you can send them to my TikTok. What the fleep? Um, what the fleep? That's a good. That's a good handle. Thank you, Rob, for giving me that handle, Robert Sestronino. Uh, Catherine, anything else before we let you go? No, I think that is all that I have to say. Thank you for joining us, Queen. Yeah, thank you for being here. Chicka bow wow. Get you, get you, goonies. That I love you, Kate. <laughs> Bye. I'm not Aileen, I'm not Sharon And I don't want to study, work, or stay at home I'm Lindana and I want to have fun
before we go into rankings, did you did we want to do feedback first or? Yeah, let's start yeah, with the let's feedback. Do the theater. Uh, I said theater because I was typing the word theater. But yeah, let's do the feedback. All right, sounds good. Um, so for feedback, we have an, an email from Giovanni once again. And hopefully this time I don't butcher your question like I did last week. So I've read it multiple times. I've rehearsed it. So I will be sure to uh, recite this question properly. So Giovanni writes and asks, is Doofenshmirtz the most complex antagonist in all of Disney properties? Uh, Will, I'll throw it to you first. Okay, so I have a question first. Ooh. Are we talking about anything owned by Disney or anything Disney has created, like on Disney Channel and Disney only? So like no Pixar, no Marvel, no Star Wars. No, I don't think they have villains, but National Geographic. <laughs> so, we are the villains. The humans are the villains. Honestly, though, honestly, that is the real tea. Um, well, okay, right. That's a good point. If if we're including Marvel, then I, I think someone like a, like Killmonger, a Killmonger is, yeah. is is very clearly the most complex. Uh, if we're including Star Wars, uh, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen a lot of Star Darth Wars. Darth Vader, I, I think, like is more complex. Probably some more complex villains. Even even some Disney properties. Uh, the first one that came to my mind whenever I read the. Are you gonna say Lotso Huggin Bear? No. Lotso was good. I, I was thinking uh, uh, Michael Yagubian, Goob. Oh, Goob. A bowler hat guy from Meet the Robinsons. Who, who, oh, man, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's a movie that came out 15 years ago. Surely yeah. I can spoil it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you find out that the bad guy in this movie was like the his childhood kids, best friend, his, his roommate at the orphanage. Uh, and yeah. he like goes through this whole. Will's thing, rocking a like, goober, a goob mustache. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes through this whole revenge plot just because he kept him up awake at night and made him miss the the catch at his baseball game. Um, yeah. But if if you just limit it to like Disney Channel stuff, uh, I I would I would be willing to say that that Doofenshmirtz is the most complex disney yeah. channel villain. i also think he's like one of the only few villain villains in the disney channel like i'm struggling to think like there were there's definitely like long-term villain arcs in um wizards of waverly place especially like the last season but i feel like disney channel shows are very sitcom oriented where everything yeah. is stable at the end of the episode um so there's not a lot of like consistent villains whereas in a show like Phineas and ferb uh there are uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, are there any villains like Rico? Is he an antagonist or is he a villain from Hannah Montana? Uh, I would probably call him an antagonist. Yeah, but, he, you know, he's not a villain. I think Doofenshmirtz, like Doofenshmirtz, is in the villains wiki, so I think he's a villain. Um, mm. uh, yeah, no, I think he's the most well-rounded like villain from the Disney Channel properties, and he's up there in terms of like. What's the question again? One more time, because I'm trying to think. Is like because he's like the most well developed, or is he the best? You like, got you villain? got a lot of you got a lot of Kim Possible villains. Where does Ooh, true, 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 compare true. to like Shigo and Doctor Draken? Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, I think like the the Nickelodeon villains and the Cartoon Network villains might be more well developed than the Disney Channel villains. Like Doofenshmirtz is more iconic probably than someone like 
um, like a Vlad Plasmus from Danny Phantom. But I think mm-hmm. Danny, he had like a more interesting backstory. Whereas like Doofenshmirtz, part of the like fun is hearing his backstories, but they're all like complete insanity and bananas. Um, yeah, I will say he's definitely one of the more unique villains. He kind of reminds Disney. me of Plankton. Yeah, he does remind mm, me of Plankton. That's a good comparison. Another uh, Disney Channel sort of uh, villain that I found was like fairly similar was Yzma from the- mm. yes. See, He's I- very similar her so. i love yuzma yuzma is one of my all-time favorite characters um i consider her more like her disney proper because she like came from the emperor's new group but yes uh mm. c-u-s-c-o cusco cusco let's go um or whatever the last line is but i forgot emperor's new school was a thing and yuzma is phenomenal and mm-hmm. rest in power eartha kit we miss you and everything you provided to that character um neither of you are drag race fans right i've not seen it no okay there was a queen in All-Stars 5 for one of the episodes who was Eartha Kitt. And she was like, she did phenomenal. She's like, I would turn the thermostat to a sensible 74. <laughs> <laughs> um, love Yisma. I also think, again, it depends on what the question is asking, but I think Scar is a really interesting villain. Um, I read yeah, a I think theory. Scar, uh, yeah, I think Scar uh-huh. is really complex. I think Count Frollo is pretty complex too from the hunchback of notre dame yeah he's a um, trash human but yes he's very like interesting i read of this thing the other day that scar and mufasa are not really brothers and i hate that i hate that no they are very much mm-hmm. brothers mm-hmm. um uh, i in my they will always be brothers to me um like uh also i think um with the angelina jolie movies the maleficent character gets some more backstory and stuff so i don't know mm. i think this is an interesting question and please like listeners uh send in your feedback like who is up there with doofenshmirtz um because we want to make this like a communal experience not just us ernesto our de la cruz Ooh, man we hate I, ernesto de la cruz I don't like him um <laughs> but like i'm trying to think pixar ones too uh randall and water news i feel like that was a fun like do, yeah that was that was that was a big one for a sure. lot of disney and pixar ones are like more society is the enemy um, yeah like uh, wally yeah wally and people uh, are the enemy and wally finding nemo like yeah. that one too um but yeah uh anyways do we have any other questions uh yes so giovanni also left us a question on the twitter thread that uh what you do in pod put out there and he asks on there did the show ever jump the shark at any point and felipe i'll throw this one to you first i can't give a 100 percent certain answer because i think just and i assume both of you are similarly like we kind of aged out of the disney channel demo at a certain point before while the show was still going on mm-hmm. um so we there's like seasons three and four which we've referenced a few times that like are my personal uh, weak points with the series so I don't know exactly what happened and I've seen some of the movies since um, I don't know I think these shows like this season so far has held up really well uh, like Kate said but uh, does it jump the shark I think I don't know maybe like with those some of those movies like the Star Wars one and the Marvel one that might have been just like a cash grab sort of thing but I don't know I think those were fun movies as well that said do I think the show jumps the shark I don't know for sure it's something to keep track of. Uh, well, yeah. well, honestly, I, th- I think this show does a good enough job of like subverting expectations that I, I 
I especially it's only four seasons. I think I think the the team behind the show uh, could very easily just uh, get through the whole thing and not have to resort to too many too many gimmicks or anything like that. Um, but also, you know, the gimmicks are kind of part of the thing sometimes. So yeah, so I, I I don't know that it's well. We'll definitely keep track of it. But but I think there is a very capable team of of getting through the whole thing without without jumping the shark. Exactly. Um, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if if they actually did some kind of like jumping the shark joke where like I feel like that's something they actually have some like reference to the actual like happy days moment where where they jump the shark yeah Um, but uh, uh, if anything that's probably the closest they would get to is is my guess what do you think Navi um uh, well I think part of it is like the concept itself it's like very outlandish very out there so like they will have they would have to try very hard to jump the shark it would have to be more so uh the quality of the writing and the animation itself like with the actual show as opposed to like anything that's like actually covered in the show itself if that makes sense because they're already doing really wacky stuff in the show um so in that sense I don't see it really jumping the shark but similar to you too uh it's been a hot minute since i've gone back and watched phineas and ferb so we can track this as we go along and see if it does indeed jump the shark yeah all right Um, well uh if we don't have anything else to say about the episodes we can get right on into our rankings if that's cool with you guys yeah let's let's do it all right, so there was no Fireside Girls badges. There was no Doofenshmirtz anime tragic backstory to talk <laughs> about. Um, there was a by I mean moment, and I know Will, you're, you're both of you and uh, Felipe are. No, tracking. I'm not tracking that. Just Will. yeah, okay. I, I'm not. I'm not ranking them. I'm just. I'm just tracking them. So I have yeah, so, added uh, added to the list, and by incredible, I mean completely credible. All right. Um. So I guess that's about it for sort of the, I don't know what you call it, like the non-competitive. like uh, Yeah, uh, yeah. this was also the first episode without a whatcha doing, um, oh, I think, right. according to my notes. Yeah, because we, we, we miss Is- Isabella in the, in the whole first episode, and then, and then she already kind of knows what they're doing in the second one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, so two episodes in a row with no whatcha doing, and I feel like that's an attack on my brand, on our brand, sorry. Well, we, we've, we've got a whatcha doing here. And that's that's sometimes all that matters. Maybe the real what you're doing was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So why don't we get into the what are we doing today segment here? Um, Felipe, why don't you share what you've got so far? Or if you so, don't have anything, talk us through your process. So just a reminder, my top two uh were the beach and swinter, and my bottom two were cows and mount rushmore um in terms of what i would most like to do and i think number three sliding in over roller coaster is the one hit wonder um i feel like that's a lot of fun and kind of i've tried to make uh one hit wonders on the wand off only got one top five ever in my life but that's okay um i'm not a wand it's such champion. a rush it's such a rush yeah i'm not a wand off champion like davis comma whale is um, I was I was I was only a summer wand off winner, so it was, it was when all won. the good it was when all the good people weren't weren't making them. <laughs> yeah, but you still won, and that's what matters. Um, and like you got into the top five a lot. I only got in once, so uh, shout out to Audrey, my wand off partner, for a few seasons. 
Uh, and so that's where I put the one hit wonder um, because like songwriting is like an expression of creativity. And I really enjoyed that. Um, the mummy one was much harder for me. So do we want to like circle back to it after everyone else talks about one hit wonder? Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, yeah, so so I have I have uh, becoming pop stars and a one hit wonder. I have that number one. I have that on top of the beach and on top of uh, Swinter. I thought I thought the whole like fact that they wanted to do a whole career in a day was a very good bit. Uh, the just everything surrounding it. I I thought that was really fun. Uh, so I, I put that at number one. Yeah. What about you, Navi? All right. So uh, since last episode. I've actually finally got off my butt. I took uh, all of my rankings from my notes pad into an actual Google spreadsheet. So now I'm joining the both of you in the spreadsheet gang. Um, so I did some moving around of some of the rankings when I had more time to marinate on it. I'm like, I don't actually believe this. So then I moved some stuff around. So prior to this episode, I had Swinter number one, race car number two, Beach number three, Mount Rushmore number four, Cows number five, and then Roller Coaster number six. And uh, Becoming One Hit Wonders did also in uh, top nine number one as well, mainly because for me, that seems like the most plausible thing I would do. Like I mm-hmm. like the concept of being able to produce and make your own music. I I just, it just appealed to me. So that's why um, the One Hit Wonder is number one for me. Okay, I, I feel like, with the other two, I don't think I'd ever designed them, but I would be one of the, the neighborhood kids who showed up. But with this one, I feel like it's the number one in terms of like what I could personally see myself doing. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I'd have more fun. Like, obviously it's fun, but I think I'd enjoy being at the beach or having like a winter The, the beach was really a close number two for me. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the mummy? Because that one I'm struggling with. Yeah, this one, yeah. I, I I think I mentioned earlier that, that you know, if if... It is a very different ranking if it's like going on an actual archaeological dig versus uh, trespassing in a movie theater. Uh, so it, it, it changes the ranking quite a bit depending on what the actual thing they did is. Uh, so I, I ended up uh, after after our discussion on it, I, I put this one pretty low uh, j- just because I, I feel like in, in hindsight, it is definitely more they're just walking around a movie theater than they're doing anything like, like uh, super uh, it's, it's not as like, they, they don't show nearly as much like ingenuity as they, as they usually do. It's just, yeah. Hey, Hey, we're going to go check out what's in the basement and things are going to happen around us a little bit. Yeah. My biggest thing was like, okay, it's kind of cool. Like if you are a kid to see what happens behind the scenes at like a restaurant or a movie theater or something, but then having worked at a restaurant, it's nothing that special, like being downstairs in the storage. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a low budget version of like what happens at Disney world at night. I feel like. Um, So at first I kind of put this over race car, which in hindsight was a choice, which I'm going to change right now. Um, Riding cows on escalators in the mall, I think is more fun as well, is going to Mount Rushmore and making, I think all of that is more fun, but I'm also thinking of it from like so much of a mess, like clean up the mess that you made. I feel like I would feel mm. responsible to clean that up at the storage. I don't know. I, I need to hear your where you people put it. Yeah, and I, I put this one at number seven. It's the second from the bottom. I have, I have this at number seven and I have Mount Rushmore at number eight. That's that's where I have it. Navi, what about you? 
Mummy is dead last for me. It, okay, even I feel roller better. coasters, no. <laughs> even roller coasters made it ahead of Mummy, and I hate roller coasters. So like that if you were... tell you how dumb this concept was and how poorly executed it was. So maybe if you were trespassing in a ancient Egyptian pyramid, that would be more fun. But with the with the movie theater of it all, I feel like. The, the plot was a little convoluted as well like yeah i think we have to like separate like what we think they were going for and what actually happened and i'm going with like what actually happened here yeah. and what actually happened was like not that interesting compared to all the other ones that they've done so before this conversation i will oh, go ahead will i was just gonna say i think i gave them one bump up bonus spot for they at least thought they were doing something cool yeah no, I at the beginning of this ranking, before thinking about it too critically, I put it above in between roller coaster and race car, and now it's dead last. So it's it went from the fifth spot to the eighth spot. So yeah. Um and we'll touch on this before, but this isn't like their own design or anything like this. The stuff just happens to them. Like the only reason any of this happened is, is because Candace is too clumsy and like yeah. is rushing and not paying attention when she's going to down to like try and bust them. So uh, yeah, it's not, it's an easy last place for me here. And yeah, I guess if if you factor in like like all of this other stuff would have still happened if Candace weren't there. This is like the first thing that like if Candace isn't there, this is the worst thing they've ever done and might ever do. Like yeah. if, if Candace isn't there trying to bust them, what happens is they go to the basement. They see oh this is just a blow up doll. Okay, and that's it. That's how the episode ends. Right? Yeah. So, just as for Candace, as always. <laughs> yeah, I, I might in the future be convinced to move this down to, to the bottom. We'll, we'll see. Uh, for, for now, I'll keep, it, I'll keep it above Mount Rushmore. Um, well, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I said in the future I'll be convinced. I've been convinced. <laughs> <laughs> so, Navi, where are we going now? Right now, we're going to the Innators. Okay. Okay. So just a reminder for the listeners, we added the woodenator and then what I am calling the building stomper. Um, oh, okay. I called it the unnamed Power Rangers Mechazoid-esque robot. I called there it, was no name through it. Yeah, I called it giant building robot. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. So, okay. So previously I had my bottom three were the deflatinator ray, the magnetism magnifier, and the Drillinator were my were my bottom three. Uh, so I am am gonna put uh, the Woodenator uh, right below the Magnetism Magnifier. So it's um, last. Uh, it's second to last. One Drillinator last, is my last uh, because it's you know it's it's the same thing. It's a big magnet, but it's a big magnet that's magnetic to wood instead of magnetic to metal. Which I guess I guess maybe maybe I could switch them because uh, Woodenator does have innator in the name yeah um and maybe it is more technologically impressive to have a magnet that that attracts wood uh because i don't think that's like a real thing that exists um so right now i have woodenator at number seven uh and magnetism magnifier at number six and then i put uh the giant building robot in between uh the deflatinator ray and the magnetism magnifier uh, mainly because we we didn't really actually get what, what the plan was he was doing with it. Uh, it didn't have a name, um, but it was a cool, big, impressive robot. Uh, so I have that at number number five. Okay. Um, Navi, do you want to go next? 
Yeah, sure. Um, and I'll just do both of them. They both make my bottom two. It's just a matter of which one is below which one. Um, and I'd say that, hmm, I'd say that the unnamed Power Rangers Mechazoid is dead last, and then the Woodnator is right above it. Um, as for my overall list, um, so Meltonator is number one, Deflatonator is number two. I've moved some stuff around. Um, so Deflatonator definitely went up in the ranking, mainly because of the name. I like the idea of deflating things, I guess. Uh, Destructinator was number three because I liked that it was destroying gnomes because I don't see the purpose of gnomes. They suck. Mm -hmm. Uh, then after that, it's Drillinator because at least it has a nader in the name. And then I had the termite controlling helmet because uh, I think you mentioned last week, Will, that the technology was like probably the most interesting out of yeah. all of the uh, gadgets and inventions. And then magnetism magnifier. Surprisingly enough, I never thought this would happen, but it went up in the like it's mm -hmm. not dead last for once. And then after that, I put the woodenator because we're not about ruining the environment on this podcast. Um, and then, uh, yeah, last place is the building robot stomp thing. So there you yeah. go. So for me, I have Meltonator 65000 and Termite Controlling Helmet at top two. Technically, the Termite Controlling Helmet is not an innator, but I feel like it's memorable and I will always remember it. And it's uh, interesting. Confession, until Nomi, uh, not Nomi, sorry, Navi said the gnomes where the destructinator, I was like, what was the destructinator again? So I think I actually need to cut, because that I had I, the same I feel like that's going to be a recurring bit, because I, I think this happened last week, too. It did. <laughs> so I'm starting, like, I think I want to switch to, uh, this is Just live. Don't, don't, change, don't change the name, and no. we're going to see how many times you have to be reminded. <laughs> I'm moving the deflatinator up one spot. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Because it's switching deflatinator and destructinator. Um, drillinator is still seven in the magnetism magnifier. Honestly, I think because of the memorability and the fact that it doesn't start with a D, the Woodenator is going to be number three. And then the Building Stomper, I have as number, number seven now, because as much as I would like to put it over because I will remember it, there was no backstory. There was no reason. We didn't even get a name. We have to make mm. up our own name. So that's why it's number seven, just above the Magnetism Magnifier, which is less memorable even though there's a purpose and i just i just think the subversion of the building going from mm -hmm. the the poster destroying uh to like sneezing i think was a nice subversion and will stand out to me i think i'm i'm excited for the bit where if especially if none of us write anything down about gnomes in our in our rankings we're you know we're halfway through season two and all of us are trying to remember what what the heck this destructinator even does <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but maybe now next week i'll remember it because you s highlighted it so who knows minds are weird <laughs> all right well i think on that note we should move on to our song rankings um so who wants to have a go at this one first i will go Believe first uh unsurprisingly get you get you goo knocks out perry the platypus in the top spot and it might stay that way for a long time uh then we have perry the platypus in the mall the theme song swinter and then this is where I'm going to put my undead mummy and Lindana back to back. Lindana is catchy and memorable, but I think because it's so short, I have to put the undead mummy above it because it's like more of a banger, if that makes sense. But when the Nemesis mm -hmm. song comes out, maybe I'll knock down the my undead mummy. 
And then rounding out my rankings are On the Trail under Lindana, Backyard Beach because of the cultural appropriation, and then Go Phineas and Ferb, Go, Go Phineas Go and Cheese Candice are my bottom two. So, yeah, just so to I, re- I, sorry, go ahead. Just to recap, Gitchy Gitchy Goo is now number one. My Undead Mummy is six under Swinter, and I'm Lindana, and I want to have fun is seven under My Undead Mummy. Those are the new songs that we added. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I also put Gitchy Gitchy Goo number one. I think we said this earlier, too. It's probably going to be there for a while. Um, Undead Mummy and I'm Lindana, I want to have fun. Both of those are, I, I also had those back to back, and I'm trying to decide if I want them to be back-to-back at seven and eight below Backyard Beach or at seven and eight above, or at six and seven above Backyard Beach. I think, actually, I think I might switch Undead Mummy and Backyard Beach. I think I still like Backyard Beach more than I'm Lindana and I want to have fun, but I, I, I might push Undead Mummy and me above Backyard Beach. Okay. Uh, So, so here's my, my full list will be, um uh number one get you get you goo then the Perry the platypus full theme song uh number three is in the mall and on the trail uh number four is swinter number five the theme song number six my undead mummy and me seven backyard beach eight i'm lindana and i want to have fun nine go finis go and ten the she's candace dream song which might be there for a while in, in last place yeah that might be the only that might never change honestly knowing that there's they like improve on their songwriting from here on out right mm-hmm. um navi what about you all right so this list arguably has the most changes i've made to my ranking since uh transferring it over to the google uh spreadsheet so uh prior to this episode i ended up ranking perry the platypus number one swinter swinter number two in the mall and on the trail at number three the theme song at number four backyard beach at number five i've bumped up candace's song to number six and put go go phineas at number seven at last because at least candace's song like yeah the lyrics are kind of eh but at least there's like lyrics to them go go phineas is just something you would like teenagers would say at a pep rally like there's no other lyrics other than go go phineas Uh so that was my reasoning for bumping that down now as for the new songs that we have here um, I mean, I'll just start with the obvious Gucci Gucci Goo is number one. Um, and as for the other two, the Lindana song and uh, My Pet Mummy, uh, I'm going to put um, the Mummy song beneath the theme song at number five. And then right below that, I will put Lindana at number six. So right in between the theme song and Backyard Beach for my list. Okay. All Just right. defend Go Phineas Go. I feel like I can remember it. I can't remember anything from She's Candace. Like, isn't Go Phineas Go like, Go Phineas Go, Go Phineas? Maybe I'm making it up. Yeah. And it, making it a better song than it was. But um, but no, I, I love the difference of opinions. And that's like mm-hmm. the best part. Except for Get You Get You Go. That needs to be number one. If it, and that was not the case, I would end this podcast right now <laughs> podcast is canceled yeah. Never- okay can i get your should i just combine in the mall and on the trail into one spot and do I, that? I have them i have them in the same in the same spot i just feel like it's, it's different because on the trail is not that memorable but in the mall is super memorable even though they're basically the same song with different lyrics yeah they're they're basically the same song and with different lyrics i i, I think they were like they were both written intended to be the same song in two different contexts 
yeah uh, that that I, I i think it's I, I think the context of how the two songs work against each other is is important yeah because like right comes on escalators in the mall is so memorable but then i don't know what comes after on the trail yeah so um but yeah so we can consider that for next week navi take it away where are we going next all right so the last thing we have to rank here is obviously the episodes so uh will why don't you uh start us off here okay so uh i have a new number one episode having surpassed the magnificent few is now uh episode 4.2 flop stars 104b i guess production code uh so yeah i have flop stars at number one uh and then are you my mummy i have at number five in between uh swinter and roller coaster okay perfect um this is probably the section where the three of us disagree the most um so just a reminder my top three previously was gnome lawn beach party of terror swinter and candace loses her head i'm gonna put flop stars at the number three spot i think the other two are just so visually memorable this one besides the Mm -hmm. song i really couldn't tell you what happens and honestly like the storylines are fun but i think the swinter and the candace's the beach party i think the candace's storyline in the beach party is still probably my favorite storyline that we've had the whole time Mm -hmm. um and then so flop stars is number three but it's just great i just and it had made me laugh probably the most but i think in terms of memorability besides the song what am i going to remember and now i think i'll remember um uh sorry one second marty the rabbit boy and his mm-hmm. uh musical blender i'll remember that from now on but um if you could tell if you were like what's the doofenshmirtz thing what's the what's the candace storyline besides her not wanting to sing i don't know um and then Mummy, I have also under the Magnificent Few. I have it at number six above Roller Coaster because Phineas is just far too unlikable in that. And then the Fast and Phineas, it's been two weeks. Besides Candace and the bridge and going to Isabella's mom's house all the time, I can't remember much about it. So um, that's where I put Are You My Mummy? And these are subject to change because I feel like Are You My Mummy besides the song could be a forgettable episode down the line. Mm-hmm. Navi? All right. Um, so I also, uh, similar to Will, put Flop Stars at number one. Um, I think the song alone does uh, bumps it up to that number one spot. But there were memorable like lines, like as you mentioned, Rabbit Boy, <laughs> the blend, musical blender. Um, there's also some really fun quips. I think Linda, when she was like, you know, in unintentionally shoplifting and talking with the guard, that was like a really interesting. Um, sort of uh, conversation. Uh, I like the whole idea of the Phineas and Ferb talking with like the record execs, like that was really fun. Um, and so Flop Stars is number one. Then number two, I have Swinter. Number three, I have the Gnome Beach Party. Number four, I have Magnificent View. And number five is where I ultimately slotted Are You My Mummy? Because as we've talked about before, like the Phineas and Ferb slash Candace plotline makes is very bland in comparison to some of the other stuff that we've already talked about and what we have coming up down the pipeline. Um, And then below that, I have roller coaster, race car, and then Mount Rushmore is my last um, on the rankings. Yeah. Um, Well, 
I love the differences of opinions because like different people like different things. And I feel like that's going to be fun as we continue to grow the list where like the first episode, we were kind of in sync for the most part. I think I was the weird one who put Candace over roller coaster, but um, yeah. So I'm excited to see where we keep going. What's next, Will? What's next week? Uh, next week is Raging Bully and Lights, Candace Action. Lights, Candace mm-hmm. Action. Yes, I'm excited for those. Um, uh, do we want to do plugs or do we have anything else to take care of here first, Nobby? Well, I just wanted to say that like in the, since we're doing these in like two episode chunks, pretty much, I always find that the B story is always way more interesting to me than like the first part of the episode. I don't yeah. know if that's you. No, like Flopstar, Swinter and the beach all like are better than the other episodes that preceded mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think the only one that wasn't was the Candace loses her head. I think we all agreed that roller coaster was the better of the yeah, two, we- but that was episode one. So yeah. I disagreed, but I'm weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm curious to see. I feel like just based on the episodes, I couldn't tell you. I think I remember what Raging Bully is. It's like the mall fight um, sort of it's thing. It's the, the film war, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Lights, Candace, Action is like a movie parody sort of thing. Or like yeah. their own movie. So I feel like I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, let's do some plugs. Uh, William, tell us about everybody and their brother or what else you have going on. Yeah, sure. So you can you can also hear me every every Monday on everyone and their well, everyone. Sorry, I messed up. Most Mondays on everyone and their brother. <laughs> we we uh, just put out an episode yesterday where uh, what did we do? We we sort of like made our own fake cryptocurrency Ooh. and and sort of sort of uh, it's not as it's not as businessy as it sounds. It's mostly goofs. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We, we we talked a little bit about you know if if what are we buying stocks in? What are we selling stocks in? And I, I am very big on it. If, if Anya Taylor-Joy had a stock, I would buy all of the Anya Taylor-Joy stock. <laughs> Amazing. Sort of my Impeccable. So, uh, yeah, so you can you can follow that show uh, at EATB Podcast on, on major social media or at EATBpodcast.com uh, or you can follow me anywhere at Davis, Will. Yes. And do you have any pop culture plugs that you have been watching and like, or listening to or something? Yeah. So I, I, uh, inspired by, uh, the, the Nathan for us podcast started watching some Nathan for you. Uh, and I, I've, uh, you know, watched, you know, a whole season of that show in the past week and, and listened to all the podcasts that they have out that, uh, uh, Megan and Kelly are doing a, a very great job. It's, Shouts it's a, to a fun Queens. Listen. Shouts to our queens who support us and we support them. Um, yeah. Uh, Navi, what about you? What do you have going on in life, on Twitter, etc.? Yeah, so you can follow me at, on Twitter at Cause I'm Navi. Uh, I guess I should spell that out because that's kind of hard to say. So it's C-A-U-S-E-I-M-N-A-V-I. I think I got that right. I don't yes. know. Spelling is hard. Yeah, spelling's hard. I mean, it's not like it's my entire job to like write stuff or anything like that. Um, as for pop culture stuff, oh, uh, another thing is is that uh, not this week, but next week, um, we'll be rec- I'll be recording for post show recaps, the Ang in There recap with uh, Zach Muhammad and Jacob Redman. We'll be covering season two, episode six of Avatar: The Last Airbender, The Blind Bandit. Um, so if you have any feedback, feel free to hit me up. Um, I will be talking about that episode and I'm very excited to talk some Avatar The Last Airbender. So keep an eye out on that. Great talk um, episode. For, 
yeah, great. I, I love Toph. So I'm super excited for this. Um, as for pop culture stuff, um, I finally started my rewatch of Community because of community building finally hitting the main feed on post-show recaps. Um, And I haven't like revisited community at all since it ended its run back in 2015, I want to say. Wow, that was like a long time ago. Yeah, I just graduated high school when it finished. So yeah, that's a that's a trip. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it um, overall. Um, as for like, I haven't been watching too much television. Um, I've been playing a couple of video games. I've been playing Ace Attorney on the Switch. Ooh. It's like a, it's a video game where you play a defense attorney and you basically, uh, you have to go and defend your client in court and do investigations and have all your evidence. It's super fun, super quirky. The writing is absolutely phenomenal. If you have a Switch or a PS4 or even like a PC, a Steam, like definitely pick it up if it's on sale it's well worth your time checking it out um and i've also been playing um final fantasy one because there's been a lot of final fantasy talk in my circles so i've been replaying the original because that was like one of the few mainline final fantasy games i haven't completed to like all the way to the end so i've been going back and doing that um and that's about it um i've been listening to a lot of dua lipa for music so because mm, um yeah, she's a, a great pop artist. Uh, I love her so much. Um, so yeah, definitely check out Dua Lipa. Um, and yeah, that's about what I've been doing this week. So Felipe, take it away. Um, for me, you can follow my social What the Fleep on Twitter and TikTok, Filippo Faith on Instagram. Uh, and then the Brazilian Dragon podcast. We haven't done an episode in a little over a week, but we're coming back tomorrow to record the Scooby-Doo Project, which is a parody of Scooby-Doo and the Blair Witch project and it's 17 minutes on youtube and we'll just watch it and do a quick podcast on it and then this weekend we'll have alien invaders um with Lindsay debo uh and then obviously what you doing uh so like and subscribe both podcasts give it five stars uh brazilian dragon and everyone and their brother and uh what you doing give them all five stars on itunes and tell a friend and rate and review um and the brazilian dragon socials are brazil dragon pod if you haven't yet, you can listen to me with Rob Sister Nina talking about Survivor One World. I had a One World dream last night, so I feel like that was like a sign for me to plug it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what am I doing? Uh, I am listening to a lot of Jordan Sparks music, as mentioned earlier. Uh, there you go. Check her out on Spotify, and that's my pop culture plug for the week. Um, anyways, in terms of hashtags, what do we think of Stale Bubblegum? That works. Okay, yeah, stale bubblegum. Yeah. If you listen to this episode and stay tuned next week, we'll be chatting. And also we have some exciting guests coming up in the near future. And I'm excited about that. So we won't plug them yet, but stay tuned. We have some great people from our circles. Otherwise, um, unless anyone has anything else to say, I'm a hit and record. Except for me. Bye. Hey, bye, bye. everyone. Gentlemen, the Furbets. I'm Phineas and this is Ferb and we're gonna sing a song. Bow chicka bow wow. That's what my baby says. Bow bow bow. And my heart starts pumping. Chicka chicka chew up. Never gonna stop. Getcha getcha goo means that I love you. My baby's got her own way of talking. Whenever she says something sweet. 